Hello, and welcome to the Magic Music Review Podcast. I'm Jim Spangler, your host. Join me each episode as we talk about our love of Disney music. It could be a song, a movie, a short film, a Broadway show, a Disney theme park, or one of the countless other forms Disney music takes. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the journey through the magic of Disney music on the Magic Music Review. Welcome to episode 18 of the Magic Music Review. Uh, episode 18, wow. Um, anyway, if you couldn't tell from that introductory music that we just had there, we're going to be talking about one of my very favorite Disney moves, Enchanted. I love this film. Um, I just think it is so funny and so much fun and so sweet and so intelligent. Um, I just love it. Just love this film. So anyway, let's get right into it. Enchanted is an American live-action romantic fantasy. I love those descriptions. They are so ridiculous. They try to fit as many descriptive words in as they possibly can, uh, instead of just saying a romantic comedy, which is really kind of what it is. Uh, but if, but it's also a fantasy. Anyway, uh, it was released on November 21st, 2007. It was produced by Walt Disney Pictures, Sonnenfeld Productions, and Josephson Entertainment. It was written by Bill Kelly. There's an interesting story behind this. He actually showed this script to Disney uh, many years before it was actually produced, and they liked it. Uh, but the problem was that it was very adult, and it was probably going to be an R-rated film. And so they started handing it off to many, many different writers, and it went through several iterations before finally landing back on Bill Kelly's desk and him rewriting it to the script that we know today as Enchanted. Uh, it was directed by Kevin Lima, and the film is an homage to and send-up of classic Disney animated movies. It's basically poking fun and saying we love you to movies like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and, and Cinderella and The Little Mermaid and, and all those wonderful princess movies that Disney has made over the years. So good. It makes many references to Disney's past, uh, both animated and live action. And it was the first Disney film released by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures instead of Buena Vista Pictures Distribution. Uh, so that's an interesting little piece of, a, of trivia there for you. Uh, the music was composed by Alan Menken, and the lyrics are by Stephen Schwartz. And I have to tell you, it is some of the best lyrics I've ever heard Stephen Schwartz write. Uh, so clever, so inventive, um, and so funny. Really, really funny stuff. The animated sequences were produced at James Bacter Animation in Pasadena. If you'll remember at this time, uh, and remember this is 2007, Disney had said they were going to do no more hand-drawn animation, that they were done. They were just going to do um, computer-animated films. And so they had to pass this off to a different studio to get that animation done. And while they did a great job of kind of mimicking 
uh, Disney's animated style, I like the style that they did it in. It kind of is a, a is a twist on that Disney vision. I think it looks beautiful. It's a beautiful animated sequence, both at the beginning and at the end. Um, the movie earned more than three hundred and forty million dollars worldwide, and it cost about eighty five million dollars to make. Uh, so it did well. It, it made a nice little chunk of change. Um, and that's just in the movies. That doesn't include the different video and DVD releases and all of that. Um, it also established Amy Adams as a leading lady. And I have to tell you, I love Amy Adams. And we'll talk about her in this role at the end of uh, everything. But she is brilliant in this movie. Let's talk about the cast. Amy Adams played Giselle, uh, which is our leading lady. She is the animated girl that wants to be a princess is about to become a princess patrick dempsey as robert phillips a lawyer who befriends giselle in new york and eventually falls in love with her james marsden is prince edward her prince from the animated section of the movie timothy spall is nathaniel he is the henchman for uh the wicked queen and tries to kill giselle and stop prince edward from marrying her adina menzel is nancy tremaine who is Robert's fiance, Rachel Covey is Morgan, which was Robert's daughter. She does a great job in this movie. Susan Sarandon is Queen Nerissa. She is our villain, and she is a great villain. She is over the top. Her costuming and makeup and hair is over the top. She does the animated villain justice in a live-action uh, context. Really good stuff. Jeff Bennett and Kevin Lima are Pip. Jeff Bennett actually does the animated Pip, and Kevin Lima does the computer animated or live-action Pip when he's in New York City. John McLaughlin is himself. Uh, he sings at the ball. Isaiah Whitlock is Mr. Banks. He's the divorced man. And then there are several Disney princesses that make cameos in this movie. I love it. And here they are. We have Paige O'Hara, we have Jodie Benson, and Judy Kuhn, who all make appearances in this film. So good. And then, of course, the ever-amazing Julie Andrews as the narrator of the film. And I think she's a great choice to be the narrator of this film. Um, I also want to do a tip of the hat to all the Broadway performers that are in this movie, especially during the huge dance sequence that we have in this film. It is so good, and they do amazing work in How Do You Know. Uh, really great stuff. Uh, or That's How You Know. Sorry. Uh, really great work. Three of the five songs from this movie were actually nominated for Best Song in a Motion Picture in 2008. That's the Happy Working Song, So Close, and That's How You Know. I love all three of those songs. I actually love all five of the songs in this movie. I think they're all great. Um... I also wish that I had heard or could find the sixth song. Uh, there was a duet between uh, Marsden and Spall uh, that they sing that got cut from the film, and I would love to hear it. I'd love to find it and hear it. So if any of you have it or know of it, let me know because I really want to hear that song. So anyway, let's go on and let's talk about the movie and the music. Here we go. So the movie starts off in the animated fairy tale kingdom of Andalasia. Queen Nerissa, Queen of Andalasia, and a witch, of course. I mean, because if you're a queen in a Disney film and you're evil, you have to be a witch, too. Uh, schemes to protect her claim to the throne, which she is going to lose once her stepson, Prince Edward, finds his true love and marries her. And she enlists her loyal henchman, Nathaniel, to keep Edward distracted. And one way they do that is they hunt for trolls, which I love. 
Um, Giselle, a young woman, dreams of meeting a prince and experiencing a happy ever after. And that's where we get our first song, True Love's Kiss. This is so cute and such great homage to films of the past. Um, she's, you know, to Cinderella and to Snow White and to Sleeping Beauty and uh, many others. Uh, I love that she's singing with the forest animals, that they're helping her build like this model of her dream prince. It's so cute. Uh, and they talk about true love's kiss because that is when you know that you're really in love, you know. And one of my favorite lyrics in this is, I've been dreaming of of a true love's kiss and a prince I'm hoping comes with this. That's what brings ever aftering so happy. And that's the reason we need lips so much for lips are the only things that touch. So to spend a life of endless bliss, just find who you love through true love's kiss. So clever, so cute, so perfect for an animated princess to be singing that the only things that touch are your lips. Um, so naive and wonderful and just cute. And the animals are just singing along with her. It's so good as they make this model of a prince. Very good stuff. So um, let's listen to Amy Adams and the forest animals sing True Love's Kiss. When you meet the someone who was meant for you, before two can become one, there's something you must do. Do you pull each other's tails? Do you feed each other's seeds? No, there is something sweeter everybody needs. I've been dreaming of a true love's kiss, and a prince I'm hoping comes with this. That's what brings ever after so happy. are the only things that touch so to spend a life of endless bliss just find who you love through true love's Edward hears Giselle singing, and Seth sets off to find her. Nathaniel sets free the captured troll that they've just captured to kill Giselle. But Edward rescues her in time. Um, and when they meet, they instantly fall in love and plan to get married the next day. Of course, as happens in any animated feature with a princess and a prince, they fall in love immediately. Disguised as an old hag, Nerissa intercepts Giselle on her way to the wedding. Uh, and pushes her into a well after telling her to look deeply and to make a wish. Uh, she falls into the well, and it takes her to New York City, a place where there are no happily ever afters. Uh, and she is magically transformed into a 3D live-action version of herself, and transported through a manhole in New York City's Times Square. Such a great animated sequence and then great imagery of her coming up out of that and shaking off like the the dust, the glittery pixie golden, you know, diamond-looking dust that she's been covered with to change her into the 3D Giselle. Giselle quickly becomes lost uh, and upset. Meanwhile, Robert, who is a divorce lawyer, prepares to propose to his longtime girlfriend, Nancy. 
Um, and his daughter Morgan is not happy about it. He tells her in the back of a taxi cab, and she is not pleased. But Morgan encounters Giselle on their way home, and Robert begrudgingly allows Giselle to stay the night at their apartment at the insistence of Morgan, uh, who completely trusts Giselle. And of course, Robert thinks she's absolutely crazy. Pip, Giselle's best chipmunk friend from Andalasia, has witnessed Giselle's exile and has alerted Edward to go after her. And they both embark on a rescue mission to the city where they too are turned into 3D live action versions. But Pip, instead of the form, instead comes in as the form of a real chipmunk and therefore losing his ability to speak. Nerissa sends Nathaniel to follow and stop Edward. In a restaurant, Nerissa appears to Nathaniel in a shoe in a soup pot and gives him three poison apples to murder Giselle. Of course, there are three apples, poison apples. Um, Pip hears what's going to happen, but is unable to communicate it with Edward because he can't talk uh, outside of Andalasia. Nathaniel keeps Pip silenced by detaining him in various different containers. Meanwhile, the next morning, Giselle wakes up, makes herself a dress out of Robert's curtains, and calls on the animals of New York City to clean Robert's apartment, which is a pigsty, basically. It's a mess. I love this song. I love this sequence. I love the fact that Giselle can sing like she can in Andalasia, and all of the animals come to her aid to help her out. And I love that all the animals in New York that come are vermin. I mean, they're the cockroaches and the rats and the mice and the pigeons and flies and all these horrible things that most people want out of their apartments and their lives thinking that they're dirty. But she sings and calls them all to Robert's apartment to clean. And that's when we get the Happy Working Song, which is our next song. I love the Happy Working Song for this very reason. It gives a lot of throwback sound to um, Whistle While You Work um, and Cinderella and Mary Poppins, you know, A Spoonful of Sugar, and all of that about whistling and singing a happy song when you're doing your work, and that'll make the work go much easier. So that is great. And so a few of the lyrics of this are great. Here, here are my favorites. You can, you can do a lot when you got such a happy working tune to hum. While you're sponging up soapy scum, we adore each filthy chore that we determined. So friends, even though you're vermin, we're a happy working song. I love that. I love that she even realizes that they're vermin. So cute. So let's give a listen to Happy Working Song. Come, my little friends, as we all sing a happy little working song. Merry little voices, clear and strong. Come and roll your sleeves up, so to speak, and pitch in. Cleaning crud up in the kitchen as we sing along. To reel a cheery tune in the tub as you scrub a stubborn mildew stain. Pluck a hairball from the shower drain to that gay refrain of a happy working song. We'll keep singing without fail, otherwise we'd spoil it. Hosing down the garbage pail and scrubbing up the toilet. Ooh, how we all enjoy letting loose with a little la-da-dum-dum-dum. While we're emptying the vacuum up, it's such fun to hum a happy working song. Ooh, a happy working song. Oh, how strange a place to be. 
happy working tune to hum. While you're sponging up the soapy scum, we adore each filthy chore that we determine. So friends, even though you're vermin, we're a happy working dog. Singing as we fetch the detergent box for the smelly shirts and the stinky socks. Sing along. If you cannot sing, then hum along as we're finishing our happy. So after the happy working song, Giselle goes and takes a shower and Robert finds her in the shower because What's Morgan has gotten him up and they've had to chase all the vermin out of the house that <laughs> were cleaning up his house so brilliant um and robert finds her in the shower and the pigeons are covering her up with a towel amazingly and he's embarrassed because she doesn't have any clothes on she's just wrapped in a towel and then she falls over on top of robert into the hallway well nancy has come to pick up morgan to go to school and while morgan tries to stop her from coming in she sees Giselle on top of Robert and, of course, thinks that Robert has cheated on her with Giselle, which is not true, but we don't know that yet. Robert is initially upset, but then ends up spending the day with Giselle, knowing that she is vulnerable in this New York City, that she'll get taken advantage of or die or, or something horrible. So Giselle questions Robert about his relationship with Nancy, and she breaks into a song called how do you know? Uh, which is, oh, I'm sorry. That's how you know. It's not how do you know. That's what she sings, but that's not what the name of it is. It's that's how you know, uh, which is a great song. And at the beginning, she sings, how does she know you love her? How does she know she's yours? And he's like, please stop singing. We're in Central Park and people are looking. And then a man breaks in and with a Caribbean beat, the steel drum and everything, starts singing the song with her, and he's like, how does he know this song? And why don't I know this song? I've never heard this song. And it turns into a huge, wonderfully brilliant production number. It is so good, so good. Um, and one of the best production numbers, I think, in a long time on the movie screen. It's so creative and fun. Uh, and in the end, we see uh, that Robert really has kind of fallen in love with Giselle. So let's listen to a little bit of That's How You Know. How does she know you love her? How does she know she's yours? How does she know that you love her? How do you show her you love her? How does she know that you really, really, truly love her? How does she know that you love her? How do you show her you love her? How does she know that you really, really, truly love her? It's not enough to take the one you love for granted. You must remind her or she'll be inclined to say, How do I know?
during the song, Giselle also helps to uh, reconcile Robert with Nancy by sending a heart wreath of flowers carried by doves that also include tickets to the King and Queen's costume ball that night at the Woolworth building. And Nancy is thrilled at the spontaneity and creativeness and where do you find doves in New York and all this wonderful stuff, but she is totally smitten and excited to be going to the ball with Robert. Edward, in the meantime, locates Giselle at Robert's apartment. And while Edward is eager to take Giselle home to Andalasia and finally marry, she suggests that they might go on a date first, which she's learned about from Robert. Um, and she's learned kind of that maybe that instant love is not all that it's cracked up to be if you don't really know who the other person is. And so she's pretty conflicted about her feelings right now. And Giselle promises to return to Andalasia after ending their date at the ball that night, which Robert and Nancy are also attending. Now, Nerissa, who's been spying from Andalasia, decides to follow and kill Giselle herself after Nathaniel has failed to poison her twice and almost killing Pip in the meantime. So Robert and Giselle um, both end up at the dance. Uh, and while Robert is dancing with Nancy, Giselle and Edward show up at the top of the stairs and Giselle is breathtaking. She's beautiful and contemporary and has come full around to being um, a real human being, a real character. It's it's brilliant moment, um, and Robert is completely smitten by her. So at this point, there's a dance where a gentleman has to dance with a woman that he's not come with. And so Edward asks Nancy to dance, and that leaves Giselle and Robert to dance to a song that is so romantic called so close. Now, this is the song that John McLaughlin sings, and a lot of times in movies, I feel like um, songs that are supposed to be kind of the inner monologue of what's happening don't really describe, they kind of give you the feeling of what's going on and what's happening, but this song, I think, completely captures the romantic intent of this moment. It's so beautiful, and it's so appropriate to what's happening. Uh, you're in my arms and the world is gone. The music playing on for only two. So close together and when I'm with you, so close to feeling alive, which is exactly how they feel. Um, and in the bridge, he sings, Oh, how could I face the faceless days if I should lose you now? And it's the moment that Nancy breaks in and wants to dance with Robert and Giselle and Robert separate. So well done. So well choreographed. It also brings the idea of the fantasy world of Andalasia, the animated world, into the real world of New York City. And while we aren't animated, the dance floor clears out so that Giselle and Robert can dance together, unbeknownst to the other people that are dancing. Um, they have their own special lighting and glitter, and it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful moment of combining the two worlds uh, and realizing that these two people are truly in love. So good. I love it. So let's listen to a little bit of John McLaughlin singing So Close.
sorry at leaving Robert behind. That's when Nerissa appears as the old hag again and apologizes for pushing her down the well, but offers her the last poison apple and says that she will have sweet dreams and happy endings if she takes a bite of the apple. Which, of course, Giselle does because she's innocent and lovely and caring and she takes a bite and is rendered unconscious. Because, of course, the apple doesn't kill her. It just causes her to go to sleep, which I love because that's such a throwback to Snow White. So brilliant that it just makes her go to sleep until the stroke of midnight, which then she will die. So, Nerissa attempts to escape with Giselle's body, but is stopped by Edward. He sticks his sword into the the elevator doors, and Nerissa's like, oh, Edward. <laughs> it's, it's a very funny scene. Um, Nathaniel also... Uh, realizing that Nerissa is using him and never loved him, reveals her plot. Robert realizes that love's true kiss is the only force powerful enough to break the apple spell, and so Edward tries to kiss Giselle, but fails to awaken her. And Edward prompts Robert to do so instead, and Nancy gives her blessing. When Robert kisses her, just as the clock strikes 12, Giselle awakens and the whole crowd cheers. Uh, and Nerissa is furious, and she transforms into a giant blue dragon um, and takes Robert hostage. Giselle then grabs Edward's sword and goes out to save Robert. I love that twist on the story. I love that instead of the prince or the man saving the woman, it's the woman saving the man in this case, because they've turned everything on its ear in this movie, and so why not? Uh, in the meantime... Um, she has also left a shoe behind on the floor of the ballroom, of course, and it looks like a glass slipper, of course. But Giselle takes the sword and pursues Nerissa to the top of the building, and Pip, who is also freed by Edward, helps Giselle send Nerissa, falling to her death, into a beautiful display of, like, blue crystal. It's, it's so gorgeous, the way that they, uh, the way that she dies from such an ugly dragon to this beautiful blue crystal on the ground. A happy new life unfolds for everyone. Edward sees Nancy on the floor of the ballroom as she picks up the glass slipper and says, of course, she left her slipper. Uh, and Edward takes the slipper and slips it on to Nancy's foot. And they run off together and they jump down the manhole in the middle of Times Square and go to Andalasia and get married. And I love at the wedding, which is animated because now they're in Andalasia, Nancy is the one that dips Edward to kiss him because that's so true to Nancy's personality. So great. Um, Giselle 
is running a successful fashion business with Nathaniel and Pip each becoming a successful authors about their personal experiences in the real world. And Giselle, still in the real world, forms a happy family with Robert and Morgan and marries Robert. And that's where we get the song Ever Ever After, which is sung by Carrie Underwood. Now, interesting thing about this song. First of all, I like it. I usually don't like end credit songs, but I like this song because it really does apply to this story and kind of brings us full circle into reality um, and real life. Uh, and I think Carrie Underwood does a brilliant job singing it. I love Carrie Underwood. She's so talented and really does a nice job of this. The problem is you won't be able to stream this anywhere. I couldn't find this streaming any place. It's not on Spotify. It's not in iTunes. I couldn't find it on Amazon um, to stream. Now, it shows as being there in the recording, but it's like made inaccessible so that you can't uh, click on it to play it, uh, which is really upsetting. I'm, I'm not sure. It's, it's obviously a deal that they had with Carrie Underwood um, about it. Now, there is a video on YouTube about it from this, and it's a very cute video. Um, they start in Andalasia, and uh, Carrie Underwood is animated, but then they end up in New York City, of course, and Carrie Underwood comes becomes real life. So you can hear it on YouTube if you look up the song um, and listen to it. Uh, and I'm wondering if it is actually in YouTube music, if you could play it in YouTube music. Uh, but anyway, let's listen to a little bit of Ever Ever After, sung by Carrie Underwood. job singing it. I just wish that I could stream it with my music. Um, I wish it could be a part of what I listen to when I listen to this recording. Let's spend the last few minutes of this talking about Amy Adams and her performance. It is a brilliant performance, and it's what made me absolutely fall in love with Amy Adams as an actress. I think she does amazing work in this movie, um, and it's also what made her a leading lady and able to do other roles that she has become so famous for. Um, her ability to appear in New York City as an animated princess, or princess-to-be, I guess, and make it believable is un—it's just unreal. All of her mannerisms, her looks, her actions, the way she moves, everything makes you realize that this is all foreign to her and that she should be in a cartoon. She is a cartoon princess. So great. And then little by little as the movie goes on and her life experiences get 
broader, right? She learns more and experiences more. She changes. And the subtle shifts that she makes, um, even in the way that she looks at you, you know, through her eyes, the way her eyes look, and the way that she moves, and the way that she gestures, and the way that she talks, um, and the speed with which she speaks, everything shifts and changes as she becomes more realistic. Uh, and it is so well done, and I can't believe how incredibly hard it must have been to make those subtle little tiny changes in every single scene that she did. Because I happen to know this movie was not um, filmed in order. So that even makes what she did more impressive. I think it's a shame that she didn't get nominated for an Academy Award for this performance. Um, I think it was truly, it is truly a masterclass uh, in acting and so well done. So kudos to you, Amy Adams. I don't think that you're probably listening to this podcast, but if you do, I think you are brilliant. I think you're brilliant in this movie. Um, it's one of the reasons I love this movie so much. And one of the reasons that it's my one of my all-time favorite films. Uh, it is so good. It is so... The rewatch ability of this film is so high. Even my wife, who doesn't like to watch movies more than once... Um, and doesn't understand why we rewatch movies, says that she can rewatch this movie because it's so good. And we did the other night because uh, we wanted to, I wanted to see it again um, as I was doing this podcast. So that's it. Well, that concludes episode 18 of the Magic Music Review about Enchanted, one of my favorite Disney movies. Um, if you haven't seen it, I hope you get a chance to see it, and I hope you at least get a chance to listen to uh, all of the music in it. Alan Menken's score, which we didn't really talk about, is really well done. It's so full of little thematic items from the songs that they wrote, and but done in a way that it doesn't stand out, that you're not listening to it going, oh, that's this song, or that's that song. It really just helps to enhance uh, the story and what you're seeing on film. Really masterfully done. You can tell that he's becoming a master of scoring movies um, at this point. Really, really good. Um, and it's just a great movie. So go out there, see the movie, listen to the recording. Really enjoy it. And let me know what you think. Um, I obviously want this to be a conversation. I don't want this to be a lecture and for you to just listen to what I have to say. Everybody has an opinion. That's the great thing about art, and everybody's opinion is valid. And I love that about art. So leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Also, let, leave a comment and let me know what you want me to do. If there's a movie that you'd like me to cover, or a recording, or a song, or something that you'd like for me to talk about on the podcast, I'd be happy to uh, to look at that and, and work that into the schedule that I've got for the podcast. That would be a lot of fun to be able to do that uh, for you, for my listeners, who I would not be doing this podcast without all of you. I so appreciate you and appreciate that you listen to my rambling on about my love of all of this music. So... You can find me on the social medias, um, on Twitter, I'm Disney Music Dude, on Facebook, at Magic Music Review, and um, you can find the podcast at www.magicmusicreview.com. Sorry, a little tongue twister there going on with all those W's happening. Uh, so go and find me and leave uh, comments and start a discussion about what we're what we're talking about here. Also, if you could go to iTunes and leave me a five star review and a, just a quick write a quick review, I'd really appreciate it. It really helps uh, the podcast. It helps people find the podcast so that we can spread the word of this love of Disney music that we all have that we love listening to. We kind of fanboy about our guests. Um, 
So please do that. Go out and leave a five-star review. Uh, and if you do, I will read your name and the review on the podcast. So you'll get some airtime, too, on this podcast. Thanks, thanks again for listening to this episode about Enchanted. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you in my next episode of the Magic Music Review. I'll talk to you soon. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. M-I-C. See you real soon. K-E-Y. Why? Because we like you. And-